to the V-Auto Podcast. I'm Lance Helgeson with V-Auto, and I'll be moderating a discussion today on payment calculators with two people who know the ins and outs of how payment calculator tools are quickly evolving to move the retail automotive industry closer to what might be considered full-fledged digital retailing, where new and used vehicle buyers can complete as much of a vehicle purchase online as they prefer. My first guest is Jerry Thompson, co-creator of OfferLogix, a company that's considered a pioneer in creating the technology and tools that help dealers advertise accurate payments to market their new and used vehicles for today's payment-binded buyers. Jerry, thank you for being here, and welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Lance. Appreciate it. My second guest is Todd Somerville, a practice leader for Cox Automotive's rates and incentive business. Todd spent several years in retail, where he worked as an F&I manager, and then he moved to Reynolds and Reynolds and other companies that bring new software and tools to OEMs and dealers across the country. Todd, thank you for being here, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much, Lance. Thanks for having me. Well, gentlemen, now it's fair to say that... Uh, you both have a lot of insight and knowledge about the car business, and you're both very passionate about helping dealers do a better job of serving today's vehicle buyers. And of course, we all know they increasingly want an online shopping experience that's similar to what they get in other retail sectors. And I, I think we can all agree that dealers are taking some significant steps towards serving customers in this manner but that there's still a long way to go. And I thought for our conversation today, guys, that we'd look at what might be considered a critical linchpin in this move to digital retailing, which is ensuring that when customers are interested in a car and wanna find out what their monthly payment might be to own the vehicle, they actually get an accurate payment that reflects available financing rates and incentives. Now, Jerry, let's start with you. Over the years, it seems to me that dealers have offered payment calculators to satisfy the customer's desires to get an accurate payment, but I understand that these offerings are often less than satisfying for the customers themselves. Can you walk us through what's going on there to make customers unhappy? Well, originally, the, you know, the payment calculator was merely a, a calculator that you, you put in term, amount, rate, and, and do a, a simple interest calculation of a payment. There's no guidelines behind it, no lending guidelines, no rules from the lender. And of course, it doesn't apply to leases at all. You know, we've been in this a long time, started about 17 years ago, built a, a calculator to a consumer facing uh, lease calculator to provide shoppers back then with accurate payments on one lender at that time on vehicles that they could find online. And from that, you know, evolved to running dealers' inventories against the calculation tool and then, of course, building it out so that we now track all programs, all lenders, all OEMs, all regions, all of that. We'll talk more about that later. But the calculating tools that have been online and what's frustrating is a customer can put in whatever interest rate and term that they want and, and get a payment, but that payment's not something that the dealer can actually fund. And then even carrying that further, there are even some digital retailing solutions I've seen out there that allow for a customer to make inputs 
And on those, a customer is even able to say on a 200,000 mile, 10 year old used car, put in a 72 month term and get a payment. And we know that they, that's not you know, typically a fundable deal at the dealership, but it sets an unrealistic expectation for the customer. So as a basis for any calculation situation online, you've got to be following the guidelines of lenders that the dealer has, their funding guidelines, their program guidelines, that specify what terms and rates go with which vehicle years. And then, of course, on the leasing side, what rates and residuals go with specific vehicles to the VIN level and the trim and option level. And then, of course, nowadays, it's important to include the rebates and incentives in those calculations. So, Jerry, just let me dig into that for a second. So the early iterations of these tools then weren't really connected, as you mentioned, to the rules and the the specific programs that are available. I guess I'm sort of wondering why. Was it just that those things were hard to get? Tell me why that that gap existed in the first place. Well, there weren't, you know, before we kind of pioneered the space, there wasn't actually a way to calculate online, accurately bringing in the different data points and then applying them to a VIN and accurately calculating the payments. Simple interest calculator was really the only thing that could be used at that time. And surprisingly, you can go out on a lot of dealers' websites right now, and they still have a dumb calculator tool. They haven't gotten the message. You know, there's some websites out there that now use accurate information to drive their calculator, but it's still most websites, even those that have digital retailing tools that are accurate, still have those old calculators on them, which sends a divided message. So what is it that dealers need to understand, or what should they do, Jerry, first of all, to realize that maybe they've got something out there that's hurting them rather than helping them in terms of meeting customer expectations. I think that having a tool like just a calculator that can a customer can put inaccurate inputs into and almost always produces an inaccurate, unfundable result, I think all those should be taken down. There's no sense in having that on your website. It's not doing anybody any good. In place of that, put a real calculation tool where when the customer changes inputs, it's making a dynamic call to a set of rules that apply to the lenders that the dealer uses and, and renders an accurate, fundable payment. You know, under Truth in Lending, you can't advertise a payment that you can't fund. It's part of the FTC requirements. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think you touched on a point there, Jerry, that's worth underscoring. And that is, well, first of all, the tool has to be able to do these calculations to actually reflect the lender's terms and other aspects of lending and purchasing a vehicle that a customer needs to account for. But I think you also alluded to something about perhaps there's an increasing level of complexity and basically that amount to the things that go into a deal. Todd, is that true? I mean, have things over the last five to 10 years perhaps become much, much more complex? Yeah, I mean, it just has taken a complete turn from where it started, where it was just basically you know, a $500 rebate of cash on the hood of a vehicle to the point where it just becomes overtly every day more complex. You now have different levels of incentives depending on a customer's creditworthiness. You have different levels of incentives depending on whether they're driving 
a vehicle that's currently within that brand. You have different conquest incentives, different lease subvention uh, type solutions for, especially for the, the euros. You have a dealer cash, and, and that's all not even visible to the customer. Then you add what's happening over the last six months to a year, actual zip code level, VIN-based, vehicle-specific incentives that are coming out that are being placed to uh, on vehicles. You see it now at the end of the year, especially with um, you know the Black Friday-type promotions. And this is just adding a significant level of confusion in the marketplace. The dealers are in a situation where they have to look at each and every opportunity and if you're trying to do something with a customer online via digital retail tools, it's becoming literally next to impossible to figure out just exactly what public conditional and bin-based, zip code-based, conquest-based incentives are available for that particular customer. So it takes a provider that can put all that into context and put it in a way that it can be used for a payment tool and actually give a customer the ability to shop, compare, and pick a solution that's best for them from a payment on a monthly basis. Mm. So definitely a much more complex environment. And it sounds like, I guess there's even, as a result, if dealers aren't doing it right, there's even more at stake here in terms of losing potential customers because what they're offering may not add up to things that customers might've understood or seen online. And I'll ask this to both of you. If I'm a dealer, how would I know possibly that today I have this kind of problem, you know, where my stuff online isn't keeping up? If you're not using, as Todd said, if you're not using a tool that's fed on a daily basis with all of these changes that go on in the market and then updating your inventory with that daily, sometimes even more than once in a day, then you're not keeping up. And so you really have to engage a tool that, is backed by data partners that are the leaders in the industry that are making these changes as they happen and publishing them. And then, you know, that XML being created on every vehicle and returned and updated and you got to stay on top of it. And, and I, I think there's huge advantages to staying on top of it and being accurate because if you're missing a rebate or incentive that is on a specific vehicle and your competition is not missing it, then your payment's going to be higher than theirs. And in the market, we know that that's going to uh, lead to problems. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are there any signs or symptoms that I might have a problem? If you are on top of all the programs and the program changes, and then you're working with providers on a data and payment side that can't take all that information that's available from the OEs and dynamically move it into offers that a customer can understand from a monthly perspective, you're not going to convert and you're not going to convert these customers over. We're seeing dealers that are really frustrated currently with their digital retail solutions if they're really watching it because, you know, they might convert five to 10% of their customers that come in online on these offers. And a lot of that is because of the fact that the tools that they're using and the processes they're using to support them aren't current and they aren't accurate. The customer is automatically upset or set up to be for failure in terms of actually being able to take what they see online from a dealer and then move it into actually purchasing a vehicle. You know, one thing that's really, really important here is that there be a, a tool that the dealer's using 
to accurately price and configure each type of vehicle or each vehicle even down to the VIN level. I mean, you really got to have a tool that the, the, the dealer is using to decide where they want to be price-wise or profit-wise in relation to MSRP or invoice, and then making sure that all the appropriate rebates and incentives that are available kind of to everyone are applied. And then those customer-specific rebates need to be stacked there, available when the customer is shopping and puts in their own inputs, like their address or the type of vehicle they're trading, and then those stackable customer-specific rebates and incentives are, are loaded in, reduce the price, and, of course, reduce the payment. You really do need to have a, a really good tool to manage those offers. Jerry, it sounds to me like if I was a desk manager and I didn't have a tool or even just a new car or used car manager, I'd be sunk trying to keep up with this stuff. Well, on the other side of that is if you have a really good tool and a salesman wants to know what the payment or price on a car is, they can just go look on the website, you know, if you have a really good tool because the correct pricing is being offered out to the customers and the correct pricing is available for the sales staff also on their tablets or uh, in their presentations with customers who are looking online, shopping online, on their phone. It's all right there. It's all transparent. It's all right there. It's all accurate. And that makes that process much easier. Yeah, I can certainly see if I'm that customer and I make that call and the person on the other line doesn't have a clue, <laughs> you know, and it, it, trying to just get me to show up, I probably won't because that seems like a breakdown right there of being able to meet my expectation that I or my website might have actually created. Yeah, that, that's a whole other topic. That's true. Yeah, I'll add to that. The issue with dealers dealing with online customers is that every customer has a different level of expectation um, in terms of how they want to interact with the dealer, how much time they want to spend with the dealer. You know, there may be folks that want to come in, they've done everything online, you know, the car's sitting there, they want in and out, and they want to move on in under an hour. You know, they want to basically sign up and go. There are other customers that may want to demo the vehicle, look at accessories. They may want to spend a few hours at the store. The key with having these kind of solutions in place from an offers and payment perspective is being able to interact with every customer in the way that they want to be interacted with and taking you know, Jerry's point where you have payments and pricing online and being able to take that experience and move it into the dealership and then if the customer has satisfied whatever research points they're trying to make, driving the vehicle, looking at accessories, whatever it might be, and if they want to leave and go back home and finish this transaction online, they should be able to do that seamlessly. And that is probably one of the biggest challenges from a process perspective and tools perspective that dealers have today with customers that vary in their level of expectation. That's a good point. That's a good point. One size most definitely doesn't fit all. It, and Todd, you touched on something there, and I guess I'm just curious, if I think this through, you know, we've got the offer, you know, the deal terms, the price of the car, some of that stuff is figured out. But you just mentioned, uh, I guess I'm wondering about F&I and accessories and whether we're at a place where if I'm a customer, I can actually look for, choose, and maybe even purchase some of that stuff before I go to the dealership, you know, on a deal that I've, I've begun working online. Yes, I mean, that's what have been one of the real pleasant surprises with dealers that are really installing a great digital retail process with the proper offers and the proper payment calculations is that a customer can shop in the comfort of their own home, 
and be able to look at accessories and at offers in terms of their financing in the comfort of in a less you know a less intimidating atmosphere as opposed to you know they're at a dealership traditional process they've spent a lot of time on the sales floor and then they want to go home and they've got to go through the F&I office and that F&I office and accessories folks are really kind of set up at that point to have to rush to get through a presentation to the customer menus and you know the instance of being able to shop for those different add-ons to your vehicle and have an opportunity to at least do your research on them so when you're at the story you've had a chance to, to understand what you might be interested in and then also be able to see uh, payments on those as part of your monthly payment uh, package has huge value and the folks that are doing this from a dealer perspective are seeing great results when it comes to F&I and accessory sales. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Jerry, from the work you're doing, I guess I'm just curious on the point of dealers who are actually layering in those other products and things. What's the percentage of dealers that are doing that today? And, and maybe where do you see that in a year or two from now? You know, the percentage penetration still with full end-to-end digital retailing solutions is really a low percentage. There's a lot of growth available there. You still see new solutions coming into the market and falling back out over a period of time. A few solutions are taking root. And then, you know, the people, like Todd said, the people that everyone coming to the solution has a different expectation from it. You know, the numbers are still pretty low on people that want to do the entire process uh, online and then go pick up the car, documents and everything online. There is a small percentage that want to do that, but a lot of people, most people want to do their research and still end up at some point in the store finishing things up. There are some portals that have a process in place that has the ability to add on products and, you know, warranty and other aftermarket products. There are a couple of the DR solutions that do that. I would say that the percentage of shoppers encountering that is still going to be really, really low. A lot of room for growth. I just came back from the Auto Finance Summit, and it was a big topic there. And there are a lot of, lot of people building you know, platforms to present those products. And certainly a couple of the DR solutions, a couple of the portals out there do have the ability to do that now. If I'm a dealer listening to this conversation and... I guess maybe the first thing I might do is try to figure out where I stand, you know, on this pendulum of accurate payments and things like that. The second thing, I guess, would be if I pursue it, I might have an early adopter advantage, at least, to be in place for when customers, there's a larger segment of customers that actually are pursuing this in their research and efforts to purchase. Yeah, you know, in pursuing it as a dealer, you know, we got to define what that means because throwing a solution up on your website and then not having your personnel trained, people answering the phones trained, and not having a process in place that is an extension of the process people have online, I'm not sure if you're doing yourself much good there. I think that those dealers that really adopt this whole idea that we are going to be transparent we are going to put our best foot forward. We are going to train people and retain people that can provide a consistent process and a seamless transition from the online process to the in-store process. We're going to get people in and out here quickly. I think dealers have to do all those things. And, you know, it involves changing the way you answer your phones. It involves how you train people. It's a big change if a dealer's really going to adopt this. And I think that it's certainly there's more and more dealers all the time that are they're doing this. It's come an enormous 
long, long way in the last five years, even the last couple of years. And, you know, dealers absolutely get it. But still getting it and getting that all the way out to your sales staff and all the way out into your processes and then, you know, having accountability and monitoring that, there's still not a lot of dealers that are doing as well as they could on that. And is the breakdown then just the follow-through, the training and effort it takes of change management? You know, I'm still amazed. And, you know, I do call dealers, and I'm still amazed how many dealers don't have control of their phones. I'm still amazed how I can go put a, a lead form in and get a call the next day. It's still, you know, there's still some definite breakdown in process. And, you know, we're in a good economy. Dealers are successful. They're selling cars. They're making money with whatever they're doing right now. And sometimes it takes a, a little downturn to get people to tighten up. But hopefully, you know, as these solutions improve, as the few that do a better job are more accurate, present more options, maybe have training that go along with them, you know, have communication tools between the DR platform and the dealership and the customer, you know, as those start getting more momentum in the market, and I think they are, I think you'll see more dealers kind of uh, getting it. I think there's some leadership from dealer groups and doing, you know, investing the resources, some of the uh, bigger dealer groups investing in resources to really turn the tide and go in the in this direction. And then there's some, you know, some leaders out there like Paragon, Honda, and Acura. Brian Benstock's been a champion and leader in this for, for a long time. And you look at the tools he has and how he uses them and how his staff is trained. And you go put a, an application in on any of their tools and uh, you'll be contacted immediately and you'll have a steady flow of contact from their dealership. People like that that have, you know, been out in front and, but it's becoming more and more. More and more people are seeing the success that those leaders are having and are, you know, asking the questions. They're going to their 20 groups. They're finding out, going to, you know, the conferences and seeing what's there and, you know, working through it and trying to find the tools that work for them and, and the training and, and buying in. And I, I think we'll see more and more of that, obviously, going forward. Yeah, and the, you know, the customer expectations are being set outside of the automotive retail space and retail as a whole. You know, when you can qualify and do everything you need to do to qualify for a mortgage online in less than 30 minutes, from a, like a rocket mortgage, or you, know, you can get anything you need in under a day almost anywhere on the planet now from Amazon, you know, customers are going to continue to insist on this level of retail experience when it comes to purchasing or leasing a vehicle. So it's, there's going to continue to be pressure on retailers to provide these solutions. The key to this is that the dealers are going to be involved. And they are in a place now from an application, data, and payment perspective to be able to put a, a solution like this in place. And as Jerry said, there's lots of opportunity out there now to learn about it, try it, and lots of choices now in terms of how you go about it. And the key is to do it in a way that your customers see high credibility and professionalism and get a high level of satisfaction working with you as a dealer to make a vehicle purchase. That's a good point, Todd. We're getting close to the end of our time here, gentlemen. I want to return to one point. And Jerry, you had alluded to this a little earlier in our conversation. But so far as we've talked, if I think about the risk to dealers, clearly if your tools and whatnot are not up to speed, a primary risk is you will not be doing business with that customer. But 
I guess I wonder if there's a larger risk. Uh, and Jerry, you mentioned, I think it was Reg Z a little bit earlier. Can you tell us, you know, what real tangible risks might be out there if a dealer thinks they're doing the right thing, but in fact, it's not? Well, you know, there's several levels. And interestingly, that's a great point, and dealers are, try to be very risk averse. But I think that, you know, they are trying to engage these DR solutions without maybe asking enough questions about how they use the tools in a compliant way. Having been in this little niche for a long time, I understand very well, especially the Reg M and Reg Z advertising requirements, and I can go to the majority of dealer websites and find, you know, find compliance errors. And I can go to many of the DR solutions and find small, you know, usually small compliance errors. And I certainly get served up Facebook ads with payments on them that I click on the links and doesn't go to a disclosure. You know, I'm seeing from major, major providers, I regularly see compliance errors. I think as, you know, as a dealer, you should look at these things. I think people need to understand their, you know, Reg Z and Reg M uh, guidelines. You know, I think that people need to understand that they can't advertise things that the majority of people can't qualify for. And I think most dealers understand that because, you know, they're in the business of advertising and marketing and, and they follow this stuff. You know, the dealer organizations do a good job of telling their dealers that they need to be on top of these things. And I think most people now know, you know, you know, two or three years ago, even five years, even worse, you had dealers stacking every possible rebate and incentive you could possibly think of, and college graduate and military and rebates on there with retirement rebates. You know, it, it just you had things that didn't go together, uh, adding up to a big amount that was being deducted from the vehicle price. And people now know, you know, pretty well you can't do that. You've got to be more careful about that. But even still, you know, just on, you know, you throw a solution up there, or you start doing digital retailing. As a dealer, you should go click on those things and see if your disclosures are one click away as required and see if your disclosures have the elements that are required, the do it signing or the statement that it's an APR or that there's no security deposit required. You know, those things dealers should do. And I, I don't think that they're, well, I'm fairly positive they're not very proactive about that. Once again, I think the um, larger dealer groups that have their own compliance departments do a better job with that, but I still see errors there because some of the providers they're using, especially on things like click-throughs from Facebook ads with payments, their providers are not providing a process that's legal. Well, gentlemen, we want to be respectful of your time and our listeners' time. Are there any other points that we didn't discuss related to our topic here today that we should add as we close out? I think we've about covered it, but the key is is to have summarized. It's just to have a good foundational data set and a good computation tool for making quotes to customers so that you know, the dealer can focus on a process of transparency and complete a nice shopping experience for their dealer customers and keep them loyal and keep them coming back. And that's what we offer. And we're excited to be able to provide that to the dealers that are out there in a way that makes sense, is legal, and provides uh, that customer with the process and experiences that they're looking for that they'll tell their friends. So it's, uh, I think it's obtainable now at this point. It's still pretty complex, but the tools are coming together to make it happen, and we're happy to be part of it, and we're excited to be part of it. 
Well, thank you, Todd and Jerry, for joining me here today. I know I've learned a lot about where payment calculators and making payments and offers to customers is and is headed as we uh, look to the future. So thank you both for taking time with us today. We appreciate it. Thank, thank you. you. And to those of you listening, I hope you found today's discussion to be as informative and useful as I did. Thank you for joining us. And until the next episode, stay well. Stay well.